Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 54th, I think, episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Honestly, it's probably like 56, because there's been a couple, maybe 57. There's been a lot of episodes, honestly, along the way that never got put out. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've we got a lot of backlogged content, a lot of content that we recorded, but just our system fucked us out of it. Yeah, yeah. We, Shit uh, that just never found its way in a full episode. And oh, we've got, got several seconds. Remember when we watched... Halfway. Remember when we watched uh, the uh, Bob Lazar's like UFO thing? He was talking about aliens and stuff, and how he found oh, how yeah. he how he was in a possession of an Yo, element. That was crazy. Yo, and we recorded like a fifteen minute segment on it. That is, I I don't know, I I probably still have it somewhere, Wait, but seriously? it's not in any episode yet. I would want to listen to that honestly because I yeah. I need a refresher on what that on that documentary because <laughs> I remember that shit being fucking wild. Yeah, that shit was crazy I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm glad we're at the point where we're like, damn, hardly remember even watching and recording an entire episode with that. <laughs> I mean for real though. And uh by the way, this There's the blonde episode too. This is episode fifty four. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well on paper. On, on paper. paper. <laughs> um you remember the blonde episode though? Oh bro. Yeah, no, someone uh, the dude who I who I met, his name was uh um Fletcher, he uh who like I didn't know that mm-hmm. yeah. had listened. Uh, he he mentioned something about the blonde episode. I can't remember what it was. Um, due to circumstances, but I remember he was saying something about man, it would have been great to hear all of it or something like that. Yeah, because uh, I'm uh, I, I, can't, I, can't I can't remember, remember what, what happened. Did. I remember no halfway through it stopped recording, and we had I think we had oh. did we think we recorded a whole segment and published it, and then it was what, only I'm half trying a to segment. remember exactly what happened yeah. in that situation because again circumstances. <laughs> 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 uh. I'm, I'm thinking, wait, was the blonde one the one we, we recorded were, remotely? No, we were at Jewel. We were at Jewel. Was yeah. it a live commentary of blonde? Yeah, Kenton was there, I think. Yes, yes. he was. It's a live commentary. That's what it was, yeah. That, none of that got put out. Okay. None of that got put out. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we did an entire blonde commentary and my, I can't remember what the fuck happened. Why did that, why did that not work? I, I think I, we. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> just at one point we realized like oh we haven't been being recorded <laughs> yeah but i mean you know at least you guys know we're good at this <laughs> yeah we've come a long way we've done we've done a lot we've done a lot of podcasting <laughs> i mean 54 episodes yeah no I, that's it's, like it's just, oh, at least 54 getting, hours getting, of speaking you yeah, know what's weird is like so like at first when we started doing it like i wouldn't like always like mention around people because i'm like oh like you know we're just getting started and then you know now we have over 50 backlogged episodes 50, yeah and like we have a like what a we, very wide variety of a catalog you can choose from yeah but it's just like even more so now. Like I honestly forget to mention to people that I have a podcast. It's just so second nature at yeah, this point. It, it is just... honestly, and so people are like, "You have a podcast," and I'm like, yeah, I, "Have I? Yeah, we have fifty episodes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, we've been doing this shit. Okay, it's been like a year and a half now, which is yeah. wild. A year and a half. It feels like longer. Honestly, I feel like we started right out of high school. Uh, it was actually, no, we started it like a year after high school. It was like Dude, May 2019. It was May 2019 at the end of freshman year. Yeah, but it does feel like it's been five years since yeah, then because of, you know, because of to... March of 2020, really. Yeah. If we want to be real, that month was just yeah. non-ending. Yeah, that was, uh, that what a was time. a doozy. April, too, March and April. Yeah, I mean, just the, the first first few months of quarantine. 
before people decided to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Honestly, that's becoming second nature too. I'm just like, will we ever stop wearing masks? Oh yeah, like and here's the thing. I don't know that I want to. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I feel like the world would be a healthier place. My my thing is like I I this will have an effect on me for a while because I look at like pictures of crowds now mm-hmm. and I go, why was I ever in a crowd? Yeah. <laughs> there are You're so like, many people weird. bumping up against each other here. Uh-huh. They're they're talking. They're Germs everywhere. Here, germs man. Everywhere, everywhere. I've never been a germaphobe, just like, but I'm kind of. I'm like it does. It's the, not even the. It's not even necessarily the sickness thing that scares scares me. It's just you don't know where people have been. Yeah, no, you don't. And it's like also like if you're trying to avoid facial recognition and shit, and the NSA and the cameras and surveillance and the government, wear a mask. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, I'm walking down the street with a hat on, a mask on, and sunglasses. You're not gonna recognize mm-hmm. me, not in the slightest. Nope. Also. When it's cold outside. That's very, very helpful. Like You have a source of warmth on your face. Right. I've already thought about how, like, helpful it's going to be for me to just be able to throw up my hood, have a mask on, and just, like, be that much more protected against the wind or the cold. Well, I've been taking walks every morning lately, and as of the last couple days, it's been fucking cold. Yeah, I'm surprised you've been taking walks. Well, yeah, but you know why? Why? It's a lot warmer because I've got that fucking mask on my face. Yeah, you all you you, ta- you keep taking your precautions. It's very nice. It's very I I enjoy the walk because I'm not cold. Yeah, because of the fucking face warmer on my face. I don't see any downsides to wearing a mask. I don't either. The Penny Bloom Podcast Mask Edition. <laughs> oh, Jesus, should we put on our masks? <laughs> <laughs> I have one that says "Compost the Rich." Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like it a lot too. I've also uh I've got a tie dye one, which is cool. Got one. Got a, uh, I, my grandma made that one. That's wow. it. It's like a school teacher one. Yeah, it's it got like different really letters. And it's a big mask. I don't <laughs> wear it often. <laughs> like, would it even like? Uh, it it it, it, it kind of really drops loose. down your face a little bit <laughs> yeah. when you put it on. But uh, uh, she didn't uh, she didn't get your uh, facial measurements before. Nah, nah. But you know, I appreciate the, the thoughts. Uh, what counts? Uh, this would be the ma- that would be the mask that I like pin up on the wall. Yeah, it's like commemorating. Like, you know, oh, I pin up my mask because every time I leave, I have to grab it. I have to grab it. Yeah. I, I did that in my room, and then I realized, uh, like there was a mask that just stayed there, and then there was a mask that I actually used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I leave all my masks in the car mm. most of the time. Yo, I lost one yesterday, and it was it it fucked it fucked me up. I don't know how it happened. Like I had it, and then I didn't. It was just gone. Man. Like from the time. Houdini style. I took it off when I got to my car. And from the time that I got in my car, drove where I went, and opened the door to grab my mask again, I realized it was gone. It was just gone. I was like, what the? Wow. What a world we live in. What a world. Because, like, here's the thing. Someone may have stolen your mask. What's the point of stealing masks? That is disgusting. Yeah, that's kind of fucked. I don't have any... Like, I've, like, even kind of been in situations where other people have been like, oh, just borrow mine. And I'm like, I'm not going to I don't think I want to do that. That yeah. kind of defeats the fact that... I'm not going to borrow your mask. That's like me Can't just, like, those. kissing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to kiss? <laughs> have you seen those? Two guys recording a podcast. Are they going to kiss? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen no, it's a 
It's a TikTok trend. It's oh. it, usually not two guys doing a podcast, but we are two guys oh, doing okay, a podcast, okay. and I use that as an example. I was going to say, that's an oddly specific trend. Oh, yeah. no. It's like it's usually like someone's someone ambushes the other person with it. It's like so-and-so and so-and-so uh-huh. together. Are they going to kiss? <laughs> <laughs> usually the other person will probably be like, no. No. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Oh well, we've got a good show. Yeah. I think. I think we uh, we watched uh, none of this stuff uh, that, unrelated to all of this. All, all of it. Uh, we're talking about a movie called On the Rocks, an Apple TV Plus original, which I did not realize I was subscribed to. Yeah, it's not under the subscriptions in my we gotta, we gotta Apple go ID. Through there and see what movies they got. And oh yeah, we'll be watching the shit, shit out of those. Uh, so we'll be talking about On the Rock, starring Rashida Jones and Bill Murray, uh, directed and written by Sofia Coppola, and then we're going to talk about some music. Just what we've been listening to. We haven't done music in a while. We haven't done music in a while. And there's been plenty of new stuff, but we're not going to limit it to new stuff. No. Just what the fuck have you been listening to, you know? Yeah. And then maybe we'll do something else. I don't know. We'll decide later. You know, we're still getting in the swing of it. Yeah. Enjoy this. Love you. Roll the tape. To the Penny Bloom Podcast Ain't another place that has got more bombast Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast Talking everything that make you sad We don't want that, we're here to make you smile Put your mind at ease Peace, love, and bloom And always praise Keanu Reeves This what we about, get some weed and now We'll talk until we can't no more And then we peace and out Alright, let's go Penny Bloom Podcast It's the Penny Bloom Podcast Penny Bloom Podcast Disclaimer for the uh, segment you're about to hear for On the Rocks. Uh, if you have not watched it and you have interest in watching it, I wouldn't suggest listening to this segment because we Quite spoil yet. it. We spoil it. Uh, but if you do not have interest in watching it or you do not have Apple TV+, Plus, I strongly recommend you still listen because it was a very fun conversation. We get into a lot of deep concepts. A lot, a lot of you know, that's the Penny Boom podcast. Yeah, a lot of commentary on gender and uh, the patriarchal society yeah. we live in. Dabble in sexuality. Dabble in sexuality a little, a little bit. bit. A little bit about the the id, the ego, the ego, uh, the unself, the unself. Yeah. You will, uh, you will know what that means here in a little yeah. bit, or maybe you won't. I don't know. We didn't really come to a conclusion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the segment about on the rocks. So. Let's talk on the rocks, starring Rashida Jones, Bill Murray, directed and written by Sofia Coppola. You want to give me a little rundown of this movie, like uh, what happens, basic premise? Yeah, I mean, so like, if you've ever seen the trailer before it came out and thought, huh, Bill Murray and that girl from uh, The Office, uh, Rashida Jones, who you should know by name, but unfortunately most people don't. Um, Anyways, yeah, you'd see them, and you'd be like, oh, this seems interesting, and that's pretty much what it amounted to for me. It's essentially a story about a uh, uh, the fantasization of a of an affair of a of a of an upstanding black man, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, one of the better men on television I've hey, ever seen. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you're like, is Marlon Wayans gonna be like a fuck up? And nope, turns out he's all right. 
but like it's a yeah it's just kind of a journey uh through rashida jones's relationship with bill murray you know, their characters of course um who are father and daughter uh essentially trying to find out if marlon wayans is cheating um and yeah what, what's crazy and like what should tell you something about this movie is the fact that i don't really remember the characters names so much as the actors names yeah me either and and for you know, a lot of the movie, it feels like freestyling. It really does. And it, it, that is important because I don't really remember the characters' names either. We just watched this movie, mind we, you. We yeah, just watched yeah. it. I don't really remember the characters' names either. And he, the reason is we don't really get to know the mm -mm. characters. We no. just follow this story, the story of a woman played by Rashida Jones who is feeling more and more insecure because her husband is focusing on her on his job instead mm -hmm. of on anything like and rightfully so, I think right. she she felt like he wasn't paying attention, and yeah. he wasn't. He was really focused on his job, and obviously we get explanations for that for that yeah. as well. And uh, but you know, just most of the time, it we're we're focused on her trying to find out. Yeah, we're not focused on who she is, mm -hmm. who the other guy, who her husband is. Yeah, or who her father is, which actually ends up being the whole point of the movie. Right. Right, and so the movie starts with this line, um, like, you're mine, it's Bill Murray's voice saying, you're mine until you're married, and then even then, you're still mine. And and Rashida Jones, or a young version of her, would say, okay. Okay, like, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, that sounds uh -huh. cool. Like, okay, yeah. dad, sure, um, whatever, but. That ultimately ends up being, like, the most important line. That like you need to frame your entire viewing of this movie with that quote. Exactly. Yeah. No. This definitely. This movie is definitely trying to uh, get at some ideas of uh, just like what it means, like how marriage implies the the ideas of property, uh, and how fatherhood implies the ideas of property. Just how like which it leads me to 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 the conclusion that this is ultimately a, a movie about womanhood itself. Oh, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, for sure. Cause, I mean, like, you know, yeah, it's pretty specific. Who else is going to be a daughter and a wife? Yeah, I mean, it's built in. Yeah. It's, the, it's the job description. The job description, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel pretty conflicted watching the movie at many points because, and not conflicted, I know for a fact Bill Murray's not, a great dude. Right. I know that consciously, but every once in a while, it, they made this such a big part of the movie was that he gets away with shit. Mm -hmm. He gets away with acting like a total piece of shit right. because he's smooth as fuck. Mm -hmm. That man could talk his way out of anything. Yeah. And they should, they, they literally implemented a scene where he gets pulled over for that reason to show that like, no matter how blatantly this guy fucks up, he is able to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And like that's that that kind of just made me think where so there's a part where he literally like has these cops push his car off from the traffic stop where he was yeah. going to get pulled over. And instead of actually getting ticketed or anything for his reckless driving, he points out that he knows the cop's dad and his granddad. And he says, well, I'm going to need a push off um, from this police stop and just kind of dismisses himself. And, uh, you know what the cops do? They push this old they white push, man off. They, they push him away. Even though this man 
was recklessly driving. Very recklessly driving. Like, I thought he was drunk or something. Like, I thought so, too. I thought he, and Colton literally made the comment, is he fucking senile? Like, there, there were so many points in this movie where I'm like, sometimes this guy just keeps, like, rambling and talking, yeah. and then he does that, where mm-hmm. he's just driving like a fucking maniac mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a reason for that. You weren't that far behind the taxi. <clears throat> what right. the fuck are we doing here? And the, the only justification I can think that he gives himself is that, you know, I am in control of my world yeah he's in control of his world he also prides himself on this uh wild lifestyle Mm -hmm. but he's only able to lead that wild lifestyle because of who he is you know right right exactly you know that's what whiteness is essentially like i'm Mm -hmm. like this is i think i've taught i've told you this before like we uh when i was on a debate trip in uh atlanta we we were running this race argument i mean we're still running race arguments but it was a different one and uh like we just were talking about it one time with our coach at dinner and we just like got down the formulation to being like, you know what? We we're, we're going through all these hoops trying to explain the highly complex theories of how whiteness operates in society when really it doesn't go further than I'm white. That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That That's, that's the history of whiteness. And, that, and he, he embodied that very well, very well, everything, the way that he would interact the, with the strangers. sheer entitlement. The uh, coming on to women mm-hmm. every single time he came into contact mm-hmm. with a woman. Even his every own daughter. Time. A little bit even with his own no, daughter. No, definitely his own daughter. Like, think about every time that he showed up. It was, I'm here, you're coming with me. Yeah. Like, you are you are mine. And there's, like, these these very explicit ideas of property. He even, he even, he even brings it up. Bring, he's when the he talks about the idea of a bangle, a bracelet, he's talking about how men would give those to their women to indicate mm-hmm. that they were their property. Right. And like Which, we we at the beginning of the movie we go, okay, this guy's fucking around. Mm-hmm. Even though that might have been rooted in truth, I thought he was making jokes. Yeah. And then like the further you get into the movie, you realize, "Oh no, that's how this guy thinks." Yeah. It's a huge motif. And like he uh he tells these stories of just like <clears throat> the natural um, essence of humans, you know, the nat- the natural state of being for for uh, the mammals that evolved to to walk on two legs. These sort of like you know fantastical tales about uh, the cavemen and mating and all of this. And and one line, Rashida Jones's character just kind of dismisses all of that around the end of the movie, just being like, "You have self control. Like you're not a fucking you like, are you are not a product of sheer evolution. Yeah, like that's not all that has created you. Uh-huh. You do have control over your actions. Yeah, just because you're a pig doesn't mean you evolved into mm-hmm. a pig. You know, but like that was is... the, that was his argument the entire uh-huh. movie though. Oh yeah, was that like I'm sorry, this is how men are. Yeah, wired. this is how men are, and what which is another really interesting point of the movie too because it was very. Bill Murray was very unforgiving in his assessment of his own condition. Like, you know, when when she asked him, like, would you have done it again? When, uh, in terms of, like, when he uh, he he had cheated on his uh, his wife in the past, her mother, and he's just kind of like, he says it was heartbreaking for everybody. Yeah. But the way he looks at her, you know, he's like, but I'd do it again. I yeah. Like, like in- that that was that was the choice I made in that moment, and there's a reason that was the choice I made. And so, like, I feel like this leads him to think that he knows the uh, Marlon Wayans. Like, he he, yeah. he understands. He like, thinks oh. he is him. He, he's like, I, I know exactly what he's thinking. And that's what's important, too, is that because his beliefs are this is how men have evolved, men are pigs, mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to take responsibility for his actions, 
he forces himself to believe that all men would do the same things he did. Yeah. To avoid yeah. to avoid taking responsibility for those things. Yeah, pretty much. And it's weird because this this idea that, or this conception of property within the movie is never really completely resolved, I feel like, because no. of the last scene. Yeah. Wherein she receives another one of those sort of emblems of, of property. Yeah. Like well they they did make that explicit point to mention it early on in the movie mm-hmm. movie with Bill Murray's line saying that the Bengals represent uh-huh. property. He gives her a watch. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, she takes off his watch to put on the watch Marlon Wayne's is giving her. Right. To indicate like I see, but like I also think that's to indicate that because this comes after the evolutionary conversation, the one where he's right. like, you are you are responsible for your actions. You are not just a product of evolution. Yeah. You know, I think because of that scene coming before him gifting her the watch, uh-huh. it means it means it, it makes it mean less. It's just it's just kind of like I'm just putting on a watch now, you know, like I. Yeah. I think that was the vision there. I don't, I don't Uh know. I think it's more like, it's more like I don't have to feel like he owns me. Well, that's, and that's the thing where I feel like we can start to get into some critiques of this movie because like it was fairly simplistic in the way that it portrayed this entire sort of um, scenario. You know, it's like uh, he's suddenly going to Mexico and he didn't tell you until the last minute. So what do you do? Well, you go to Mexico and you just end up there the next scene. See, but that's uh, and it, it, that you know that happens multiple times. I think, and yeah, the, and I think the, that was, was a point where it was confusing, it, where it skipped around, like from the time she went to her mom's house to got back, like we were just like, well, that was a whole like one scene on this trip to, and then that's when I realized these trips were going to happen like pretty much scene after scene because Marlon yeah. Wayans' character would be gone, Moving and around, come back and be on and come back. Well, and I think it, it was purposeful to feel like you were being pushed around you know to feel like you were being forced Mm -hmm. into situations or not forced into situations but like scenes felt like they were forcibly pushed on to the next you know it was like oh we're already somewhere and because that's probably how she felt with her dad you know her dad was like we're going to florida yeah or we're going to mexico pack it up we're leaving and then she tried to say no and then by the end of it because of the way he is she's in mexico She's just there. And like the entire time I was watching that movie, I'm like, fuck. We're just like, <laughs> we're just going to keep following yeah, this guy? Gonna keep uh, this guy around. could not be more clearly in in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, but like, he's so good at convincing her he's not. Uh huh. Like, that's his entire. Yeah. And I mean, that's he's his entire her, he's personality. Her father, so like, he has a certain amount of influence over her that um, leads her to ultimately be okay with doing these things. And even after, you know, their entire blow up, like, still being cool yeah that that was also a very interesting part of the movie the very last scene when he or not the very last scene but before they go to dinner bill murray pulls up outside just like he had been throughout the movie and whistled Mm -hmm. to her she whistled back which was cute and they figured that out yeah uh but uh they were just cool he asks if she wants to go somewhere she says no and i think the part was weird to me was that he was like, you have your own adventure now. Yeah. And I was like, so is this him saying, I am the way I am. You are the way you are. I recognize that my lifestyle is different 
and that I need to do something about it? Or is it like, I'm going to keep living the way I live and I understand you have to go a different direction? Well, see, that's the thing is I don't feel like anything pivotal enough happened to, to cause like the, a massive change in uh, a character's outlook. You're right, because even when she did say the stuff about how you have to take mm-hmm. responsibility for your actions and how you are not a product of evolution, he just says, you used to be a lot more fun. Yeah. And I wanted to fucking vomit. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a uh, that's yeah, that's not 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 necessarily what you would say in that situation. Absolutely fucking. <laughs> but like that's it, it, that's why this this movie I think is it it, it it's kind of reductionist in its portrayal of a a complex relationship because like it, it does have the elements of complexity there about just like not being sure of uh, of just like the the dialogue is is still like interesting and, and compelling and everything, but like in terms of like what it all amounts to in the end is uh well damn i didn't know you knew i didn't know that's what you 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 were thinking yeah it's like i told you this when the movie ended like as soon as they had marlon waynes and rashida jones have their conversation at the end of the movie where she's like i feel like you've i've been on the back burner to you you've been so focused on work i feel like Mm -hmm. you i'm boring i can't write i'm not myself you know Mm -hmm. and then he's like well i've only been working because i'm trying to impress you i'm trying to be good enough for you i'm trying to be good enough for our children and it's like Yo, this conversation happens at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. None of this happens, and no, see, like, none of it. and I think that was kind of the point of it was uh-huh. like, in terms of the portrayal of the relationship, was to make it seem like, oh no, like there seem to be all these complexities, but it's like just talk to your partner, dude. That's it. <laughs> just, That's it. just talk to them. That's all you have to do. <laughs> like literally, it. Also, I thought it was interesting how like you you. Are almost led into liking Bill Murray's character outright because of just like the fact that he cares about her suspicions. He does. He does. And he's just like, yeah. oh, he's about it. Like, he really, he's trying to like protect her and stuff. But like, that's like this false savior complex. Exactly. Because that's, and, and I mentioned this when we were watching it as well. Every time he says something that could be damning, he goes, maybe it's nothing, but mm-hmm. so as to portray that I'm on your side in all of this. Yeah. I don't want this to happen, but mm-hmm. I'm going to keep planting these seeds of doubt in your mind. Yeah. Right. Because you're mine now and even after you're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, it, I had to look up midway through whether or not this movie was uh, written or directed by a woman or a man because, like, it, that distinctly sort of changes, I think, the... the uh, connotation of the movie. Connotation of the movie, Yeah. Because like you gotta, you just have to think about the author's perspective, like, mm-hmm. like what, like. And I don't want to say that like a man couldn't have wrote this and been like trying to make a good point about right. it, but like coming from a man, this would seem a little more like. I don't. I don't know how to explain right. it. Like, like it, 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 w- it would be as if like the women, the woman's suspicions are always futile. Like oh, like yeah, oh, exactly. They think we're all cheaters, and they think their dads are. Uh, they don't understand, but really, if they would just you know be logical about things, they could they they would be able to solve these problems. That that probably would be the more that you actually exactly put it into words <laughs> what the connotation would have been if it was written <laughs> and directed by a man. <laughs> yeah, no, because yeah, men are men are men are weird. I'm I'm coming around to that more. Oh, I uh, 
men are trash. Like I don't, I don't have, I don't have any beef with people yeah. saying that because I saw this tweet a few weeks ago that was like, "Men are trash" is rooted in the fact that men treat women like women like shit, and have for all of time. Yeah, women are trash comes from the fact that boy boy can't get girlfriend. Yeah, generally, like that's generally how it goes. So mm-hmm. it's like. It's like just be more respectful of people, man. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. I don't know. Just it's weird though because like even you can tell just in everyday dialogue with like a guy versus a woman, like it's it's just fundamentally starting on two different levels. Well, it's kind of how it is with any two people, though. I don't think so. Not always. Well, yeah, not always. Because but like, you, I mean, you, some people you are on the same wavelength with, but like, it's almost as if like you know they're. I don't know. It's like it's hard to explain, but like there is a, a recognition that you are talking to a man, and thus other certain things are more and more acceptable to say. Yeah, and I guess that's. I mean, kind of, yeah, that's that that's true. I don't know how to. I mean, you're right. right. My, my my point is, you know, yeah. men are men are weird. Yeah, men are weird. Which would have been immensely weirder if a man had written this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But Sofia Coppola wrote and directed yeah, this movie. She did. She did a great job. I think it was, it, like, it wasn't. Oh, and it was beautifully shot, dude. It like, was. I love, yeah, like, there were cool so stuff. many shots in this. I was like, this is actually a beautiful movie for, it's mostly simplicity, you know? Yeah. It seemed pretty just, like, straightforward. I don't think that there was, like, a ton of, like, like room for critical acclaim per se. I think it was just a good movie, mm-hmm. like solid. Yeah, it was a, it was fresh and it was uh, compelling. I'd certainly never seen a movie where like the entire storyline is trying to figure out whether or not someone is cheating, and you don't yeah. definitively know whether or not that's the case. Because for a lot of the movie, I mean, that's part of the point of Bill Murray's character is to convince you that Marlon Wayans is having an affair, right? And. For most of the movie, I was operating under this assumption that, like, okay, he's probably having an affair, but I'm going to try and kind of give him the benefit of a doubt. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was also part of the point. Maybe they were try- Maybe she was trying to get you to be like, uh-oh, be suspicious. <laughs> I mean, because if, if we're not suspicious that whole movie, yeah. then what are the stakes? You know? She kind of has to make it that way. Yeah. I, I mean, because that was, because that was the point of the movie. If if it uh-huh. wasn't, then you can get away with something else. But right. because the entire movie was about figuring out whether or not he was having an affair. And yeah, that's a. It, it wasn't quite a lifetime movie either. You know, maybe lifetime movies are kind of about that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But also, lifetime movies are so fucking formulaic that they don't even deserve distinction. Lifetime movies are just one movie. All of them are the same. <laughs> like, and I've watched a, like. I've watched plenty of Lifetime I've movies. Watched a lot of Lifetime movies. I used to watch those. Oh, well, I mean, my like, my grandma would like babysit us when I was little, and she was always watching Lifetime movies. Man, yeah. My mom, my mom would watch them a lot, and just like I remember weekends, like not doing shit at the house, just watching Lifetime, and like the movies were good. 
They're that's, inter- the that's the thing. They're, that they're they, fucking they interesting. They draw you in. <laughs> they, like, they're the ones. They're the, they are the movies people talk about when they go, I don't know. I turned it on, and then it was over. And yeah. Was yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I just watched that whole fucking movie. Yeah. No, like literally. And then an, a, a, another one would come on right after, and you'd be like, round two. <laughs> <laughs> round two. Fight. <laughs> And I'd be like, Meh, I don't know, seemed pretty similar to the last one, but yeah, just just different enough. This to be woman is pregnant still. with six children. Oh my god, her husband is a fucking douchebag. <laughs> Will she leave him? Oh my god, somebody died. <laughs> <laughs> now the police are involved. Yeah, holy shit! All the same, all the same, but. On the rocks, not quite that. <laughs> no, no, and I appreciated that. I appreciated that. It's it very well yeah, easily I mean, could have turned I never into really that. knew where it was headed, and I got it. I like that in a movie when I when I can't really predict what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. I remember I made a prediction very early on in this movie that Marlon Wayans was actually gay. I was wildly wrong. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> yeah. I was like that bag he found. In <laughs> that bag she found in his luggage, I mean, like, how do you accidentally put that there? That's obviously purposefully been put in the bag, and his excuse was solid. The the whole, like, she didn't have room for it in her carry-on, I put it in my luggage. Turns out, very true, I'm yeah. guessing. And yeah. uh, But yeah, they never before we got that explanation, I was like, oh, that's his bag, <laughs> and that's his body oil. <laughs> <laughs> See, he thought you were someone else because you weren't a man. <laughs> Jeez, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a, um, it was a good movie though. Definitely a worth the watch. Worth the watch for sure. I was excited to to watch that. No, that's yeah. a good, I mean, I love Bill Murray me. and I love Rashida Jones. Right. And there were there were a couple people who showed up throughout that movie that I really liked. Like Jenny Slate made a couple of re- recurring appearances where she's uh, venting her entire life to Rashida Jones, and then at the end she's like, "I don't have time." For your issues, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, not to Rashida Jones, but, like, talking yeah. about whatever she's been talking uh-huh. about throughout the entire movie. Whatever. Like, and I'm just like... I, I zoned out every time she was talking, bro. I very, I don't... I don't. The only time I really paid attention was when she was like... <laughs> turns out he's married and has a family. <laughs> like, when you get naked with someone and you're just, like, laying together naked... Like, you think you, it would you come up that I have a wife and kids. <laughs> She truly doesn't know how men think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. It, it, it's funny to me sometimes when, like, yeah, well, it's not funny necessarily, but, like, there's just certain, like, prototype characters based off of people, you know. You do encounter. You do encounter in real life who just are you, so. You look at these characters and you go, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That is a real person, <laughs> and I've I've met them. Yes, yeah. You're just like they're very very oblivious, and uh, you just know so their life un- is probably self, uh, so unself aware. Yeah, yeah, right. Self unaware. Un un unself aware. Self self aware. Self unawareness. Self aware. I feel like it, you can't say unself. Unself aware. Yeah. Well, you can't because of the dash. Undash self aware. Unself. You, well, you can't unself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got to be self-unaware. <laughs> yeah, there's no. But that thing doesn't sound fine. Yeah. What? Yeah, that would be a cool line of research. I mean, it, it probably just takes a quick Google. <laughs> no, but like the unself isn't like the negated self. It's it's 
it's a version of self that peels back the layers of itself like an onion until it's no more, until it's unselfed itself. You, you we're getting deep here, man. This is this is intense. The, all of it's gone. The self. You've unselfed. So all these people have just... Can you reself? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't... We, topic for a different uh, segment. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. But On the Rocks was a solid movie. We recommend it. Uh, we're probably going to have to go back and uh, put a little disclaimer at the beginning of the segment be like, yo, we spoiled the shit out of this movie if you haven't watched yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of got into it. I, and then like, I immediately. Like, you you jumped in with, turns out Marlon Wayans isn't a bad guy. So I was like, all right, we're going to have to... We're gonna have to spoil the shit out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I figured it would make the honestly the conversation. It made it better. It I certainly wanted to did. Talk about what the the details like because there was a lot of uh, actual like commentary in that movie, yeah. which was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next, let's talk about some music. Sounds good. So let's talk the music we've been listening to. El musico. El mus la musica. Yeah, I just kind of came up with that. Yeah, I mean, you're close. Yeah. I just yeah, I was thinking about the implications of how I changed it, which was to make it a, a masculine, a masculine version. Uh, yeah, and after our conversation, after our conversation maybe, maybe, maybe you have things to think about, Tavares. <laughs> no, but this is why I, I said initially, men are fucking weird, and like I'm not excluded. Oh yeah, I mean for it's sure, just, it's because it, it, it's hardwired. It's like <laughs> it's evolution. <laughs> it's, If you did listen to the conversation we just had, you know that was fucking funny, okay? <laughs> no, but that brings an extra layer of complexity to that conversation. It that really does. Having. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so the way we decided to talk about the music we're, we're into lately is uh, we each picked seven songs. We're going to go through them one by one. I pick one, he picks one, I pick one, he picks one. We're just going to talk about them for a second, what we like about them. Um, who they're by, shit like that, you know? Yeah. You down for it? Yeah. All right. Thanks for letting me in on what the segment's about. No, no problem, man. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you're in the loop now. Thanks. Uh, so we'll start with my song. Uh, it's called Goodbye to a World by Porter Robinson. And I think this shit is lovely. It's got a lot of synths, mm-hmm. which, as I've, as I've told you, that's about all you need to tell me for me to be all the way in yeah, on music lately. Since, uh, Stranger Things. Yes. Came out. I, I remember. I will. I will eat synths up. Yeah. And man, Stranger Things. We've talked about this before too. But Stranger Things coming out was a fucking moment because of a like moment. the synths just put up like I, I I don't know. I didn't have any sort of like cultural attachment to anything with synths in it until Stranger <laughs> until Things Stranger Things. And every time I hear synths now, I do think of Stranger Things. Yeah. But I fucking love Stranger Things. Oh, so yeah. I don't have... And it's not even because of the show itself, necessarily. It is because of the vibes the show produces, yeah. you know? It, it is very... It feels synthy. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to explain it. It feels it, very It has synth-y. those positive, like... Mm-hmm. It has this vibe. It has the good goodbye, goodbye to a world by Porter Robinson vibe. Goodbye to a world, yeah. And it's like also... The title is Goodbye to a World. Uh, and if you've, uh, if you're on TikTok, you've almost certainly heard this song with the Among Us TikToker who acts like the different, I don't know, little bean men. Have you played Among Us? I, I've tried. I can't get into it. I mean, I played Mafia, you know, and that's yeah. basically what it is. It's just like, 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a huge video game person. Me anyway. either. It's like, no. and if I if I am playing a video game, it's story it's, driven. It's story driven. Yeah. No. Exactly. So it's like I'm not I'm not huge into just online. Mm-hmm. Like I'll play Star Wars Battlefront, but that's because I fucking love Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Is you, you have I have your, no connection have to these your, little beam few ones like this. I don't know. Like the idea of just like because like I was somewhere once and they just kind of everyone's like, oh let's play Among Us or whatever and so I opened it up and like everyone's just kind of sitting there on their phones and I'm like. I'm I'm moving this dude around and I'm like, I'm oh shit! I just got cut in half. Well, not, that didn't even happen. Nothing was happening to me. I was just like, I'm bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like. They're like, do your tasks, and I'm like, I don't fucking want to. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, this is I. I didn't sign up for this shit to yeah. do to do to do random electri- electrician I, things. Right, like, you know, keep going. I'm keep trying to going. I'm trying to I'm kill like, people in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Yeah. It's but, like, what am I doing here? But. Goodbye to a World does remind me of Stranger Things, and because of that TikTok, it also happens to remind me of the video game Among Us. Yeah. See, we're getting better at this, because at one point, we wouldn't be able to have connected how we have gotten to those tangents, but, like, they make complete rational Yeah, sense. and see, like, I'm okay with these conversations branching off into more than just music. Let's talk about anything these songs remind us of. <laughs> so, so like, what that, well, that conversation, yeah. that conversation well, progressed that's, very naturally. You've got to create a feeling. You've got to create <laughs> a feeling. I've said it since episode one, I people. I swear, it's the mantra. It is the mantra. It's the mantra. So, goodbye to a, goodbye to a world by Porter Robinson. You want to move on to your next one? Sure. Or your first one, I guess. Sure thing. We got Running by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin. Oh, yeah. So, I, I listened to this song for the first time sitting in a car outside of a dispensary in Illinois. As <sighs> my friend went in to purchase an eighth of, or not an eighth, a quarter of weed for a two-week quarantine, which we ended up coming back a week later for another eighth. Yeah, but like I was just like, cause so so this is like the first like full song, right? And so like I just heard the intro and I was like, okay, okay, I'm in. And then this, and I was like, (laughs) background. (laughs) (laughs) Metro Boomin and Twenty One Savage just do not fucking undefeated. Like I don't know what it is. I mean, they are two who are one. Yeah, and like we even knew from when they released the cover of this album that it wasn't gonna be bad. Yeah, it just had that. It it had it. It had it. And like it, it, it created the feeling. It created, it the, created it, the savage mode feeling. It did. It did. Literally, but it was also like a like almost dated sort of feel. Like it felt like it felt like some mid two thousand stuff. And like it, Abs- seems like it reminded me of a diplomats cover. I don't know if you remember the uh, yeah, diplomats, yeah, but uh, diplomats. it reminded me of one of those. Just like yeah, thrown together in some sort of Photoshop mm-hmm. uh, system, but like. By someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, right. It seems like Twenty One Savage is kind of delving into the past. You see his uh, his birthday party. I did not. He, like, well, I didn't. Like, I don't know. Like, I just saw like photos of Twenty One Savage's birthday party, and everybody's like dressed up in like seventies like, huh. disco get-ups. That's kind of fun. Yeah, it was re- really weird. What two things were particularly astonishing? How many famous people he was able to get there? And Twenty One Savage is no no small cat he, these days. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, Especially when he drops an album like Savage Mode 2, getting narrated by who? Fucking Morgan, Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman. They said, we got Morgan Freeman. If you can Not get, on the album, narrating the album. If you can get Morgan Freedom, Freeman, you can get anybody. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty true. You're, Think about people that. showing Metro up to this fucking party. In, 20, in 2014, who were they? I don't know. I wouldn't have known. No one did. 
now. And now 2020, they got God on their album. <laughs> they got God on their album, bro. <laughs> like, man, it's crazy. Talking about how it's, it's, it doesn't matter if you're from a savage land Mm-mm. or a booming metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> they are two who are one, bro. You got Morgan Freeman saying that shit about you and your boy? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty pimp. I don't care. Yeah. You got him giving textbook definitions of snitches and rats. One of the and hardest that will, interludes I've ever that heard. That will come up here in a little bit. One of the hardest interludes I've ever heard. I also want to know how many times on this album 21 Savage said pussy. That's Yeah, he said said that quite a bit. He, he's yeah. not afraid of... We're probably just going to naturally move into the next song. Okay. Oh, we got a little Morgan Freeman outro at the end of this song. Oh, really? I didn't... At the end of Running, he says... Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Are things better or worse the second time around? Can we really do anything better the second time around? It's nicely anyway. vague. My next one is uh, Coffee by Biba Doobie. <laughs> did you send this to me? I did. Okay. This shit is such I was like, I've heard a vibe. These. This is... I've been watching a TV show called Love Life on uh-huh. HBO Max. And uh, I've been in a, in a rom-com mood lately, you know? Uh, which has in turn made me much more romantic lately. I, yeah, that's a, yeah, go ahead. I mean, this, that's where this conversation's going. So, uh, (laughs) this song gives me those vibes where it's like, man, we're getting to fall. We're We're getting getting to fall. We're getting to cuffing season. Fall. We're getting to this point where I'm kind of like, oh shit, I miss having a girlfriend. (laughs) It's weird too, because at the same time, I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want a girlfriend. I do not want a girlfriend, but every time I listen to a song, or I watch a romantic comedy, or I look outside and it's raining a little bit, I'm like, fuck, I want to cuddle somebody, you know? I swear. (laughs) I just want to hold someone, bro. Like, damn, G. But I mean, like, I'm also not making an effort. (laughs) I'm not not, like actively seeking anybody out. So it's not like, it's not like I'm like, Oh, I can't get anybody. It's like, I'm not really looking. Yeah, you're just like, I'm just kind of existing. But this but song, this song brings me to that place where I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. I would love to love somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of those songs where you like, when that eventually does happen, you know, you'll turn the song and be like, you know, it's, this is nice. Yeah, this is, n- I'm content. I'm content. That's yeah. what, that's what this song is. It's, right. It is peace. That's what coffee is, contentment. That's that what, is what coffee is. Like, think about it. You people don't start their day until they have their coffee. They can't be content with being awake until they have their coffee. <laughs> and that's like, yeah, you know, you're my coffee, you know? I'm, I'm addicted to you. Not you, but like, in general, love. Do we need a, uh, what, what was the? Two uh, podcasters. Are they gonna kiss? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going into the next song, we've got yours. Which one? Oh, Modus yeah, so by Joji. Joji album, like literally, like we were, we were just like in the car, you know, one night, just sitting, and um, yeah, this like I I, I realized the Joji album came out, and I was just like, I'm in. Y'all want to roll up and listen to Joji? Yeah, Man. and uh, that that's that's what we did, and yeah. it was. It was it was very enjoyable because like this album is like, it, as you can tell, just very spacey. He really embraces yeah, like synthy, this, like free spacey. form R and B. Like Joji's got a vibe about him, man. Oh yeah, it's just uh. yeah. And he comes in, and then you realize, wait, I'm listening to like a song I could hear at the club. 
Like, yeah, and you're like, that's not where I thought that was no. headed. It sounded like it was going to be a sad ballad. Yeah, you're right. And the next thing you know, he comes in. He's... And I'm just like, his ability to like sort of like bring in this bouncy presence into R&B while at the same time being able to nail like the super depressive R&B too. And oh, then... man, because he nails super depressive oh, R&B, bro. God, he nails it. Like. I'm talking stuff that makes me never want to love again. Oh yeah. <laughs> but then, e- even on the underside, this song kind of encapsulates that too. Like a little this bit, is yeah. a very yearning sort of a song like where you're just like I can imagine myself being very drunk on a deck somewhere in the middle of the night singing my lungs out to this song. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just one of those. I like those songs. Yeah, they're they're good. They're good. Those I I lump those in with songs that are uh uh, not exactly, but they also remind me of songs that I can like uh, listen to with the windows down at sunset on like the perfect day. Yeah, like it's like, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs driving my fucking car. You know, I kind of I get the same vibe there. Yeah, and I, dig I, that. I could definitely I could definitely see that. No, and Joe Jesus in general, I feel like he's he's starting to like get more popular um, over the past like six months. He definitely has. I feel like. Um, Oh yeah, no doubt. But like, he's one of those people who have got who are getting popular, and I'm like, they might be legit. Like, they I don't think that they'll like really like Burn fall out. off or yeah. anything anytime soon. Like, they're going to continue making pretty good music. Well, and that's the thing too is that like, whenever you do have a talented singer, they're often not making bad music. It's just that you you eventually sometimes you lose interest. Yeah. But there are certain artists who have such good voices and make such a certain type of music that you don't get tired of, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I think no, Joji Joji makes that sort of thing. You just don't get oh, tired yeah. of. Oh yeah, for sure. He does for me. When I first really got into Joji, now granted I was doing a lot of drugs, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I was like, you know, I'm okay just listening to this exclusively. Like I just this is like I know I'm not I'm not sad at all, but this is. This is the vibe. This is the vibe. This is the vibe. Like this is the feeling being so created. Like, yeah, yeah. That's just how it went, and I don't regret it one bit. Yeah, that's the modus. Glad I got into Choji. Three, two, one. On to the next one. We've got Snitches and Rats interlude. There you go by Morgan Freeman. I had to because this is Wait, my is favorite this, song is this on the, the whole album. Song? Is yeah, this, this counts as your whole song. Yeah, a regular citizen who reports seeing a crime isn't a snitch or a rat. The criminals were just sloppy. Snitches and rats are not the same thing. Let me break it down to make sure y'all see what I mean. And then the beat drops in. And I'm like, oh. Oh. A snitch is someone minding other folks' business to find information they can sell for a price or trade for some other form of compensation. A rat is a traitor. And then there's another change in tone. Mm -hmm. A conceiver planner or physical participator he doesn't sell secrets for power or cash he betrays the trust of his team or his family hoping to save his own cowardly ass the difference is at least a snitch is human but a rat is a fucking rat god just just, period just the best line and and like in general like hit like how textbook these definitions are i was like he's got a theory They've got all. They've they've really formulated street theories. savage theory. Yeah, yeah savage, savage mode theory. theory. Savage mode theory. Yeah, it's because like, that's really what he was. Pre- he was trying to preach like a philosophy throughout the entire narration of that album. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. 
just interesting. Look just, into that. I'll have to listen to it more yeah. intently, I guess. Yeah. Shall we move on to your next song? Let's do it. We've got Bound by the Ponderosa Twins plus one. Yes. So, this is a classic. I just didn't know that the, like two great songs came from this song. At least. At least. I don't know how many At other times this has been fact. sampled. Yeah, that's a fact. But, but like, I Bound just, 2. I was like, I heard this and I was like, this is the only reason why I even like Bound 2 by Kanye. Yeah. Fuck that actual song. Like, I remember when I heard the song the first time and like, I was you like, listen to what he's holy saying. Holy fuck. This is terrible. Yeah. You like, like this is that was the first time I looked at a Kanye West song and went, oh, fuck. Yeah. What's he even doing? What is he doing? Yeah. What the fuck? Because I remember it also came with the music video and you're just like, oh, yeah. God, what are yeah, you doing, You were like, man? yo, that's your wife. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> and, Irrespectful. Uh, like years later, I come back to that song once I'm less sensitive to like, uh, blatantly explicit language for lack yeah. of a better term yeah. um and i'm like ah, bound two is pretty good yeah, <laughs> i like it because because but it was because of the beat because of the production because yeah, of no the doubt. sampling and like now i can just listen to the actual i don't know why it never occurred to me that obviously he didn't make that sound but like well that's what's interesting is you don't actively think about the samples often no. at least i don't i don't i hear parts of the beat and i go wow that's a beautiful part of this yeah. beat and like there are tons more samples than you mm-hmm. are aware of like it's oh, yeah. all over the place what's the other song so the other song is um it's tyler's song um on, boy is uh, a gun boy is a gun yeah. yeah okay i was like what is the other song i can't remember i thought for some reason i was thinking it was a kendrick one but a boy is a gun is the correct one and a better song than bound too frankly yeah no just it is it is that is straight up the best song that was recorded on this sample uh, as far as i know because like tyler is just much more like Kanye kind of took the high point of this, like, you know, this, like, bound to oh, Bali. Yeah. And Ky- or, uh, Tyler was like, ah, I don't really need, like, the highlight. This is besides the point that he couldn't really take that at that point anyway because Bound 2 had already been out. Already years. existed. Um, But he just takes, like, a much more complex part of the song, and he's like, this is going to be the foundation for this whole track. Which that, also, You hear this right here? Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. what the that's the basis of a boy is a gun. Yeah, and like literally, like it, it makes a lot of sense too because Kanye and Tyler are known to have worked well together. Oh yeah, studio and, and their friends and stuff. He's kind of a, a disciple of Kanye and and yeah. his in terms of influence. Like yeah. Kanye is clearly influenced. You know, Tyler I wouldn't creator. be surprised if in no no okay that that would never happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler has a similar arc to Kanye in like as much as people like have started to like love and revere him, like he does something that causes people to be like Oh. Oh. Because that is just Tyler. Yeah. Like Yeah. <laughs> kinda like Tyler does what the fuck he wants. Yeah. But he's also generally a respectful person. Right. Right. No, he definitely is. No, I'm saying like maybe like actually I don't know. Well, Kanye doesn't really do drugs either. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Kanye is such a weird case. He, just a he, just a he strange is worth cat. Some fucking. He's worth some studying. Like, yeah, I mean, just a just an interesting case there. Yeah, just definitely. like, man, because there's never been a more, I don't know, not polarizing, but like, just odd cat mm-hmm. in music in terms of nobody really knows what that man's about. No. I don't think. No. 
And we never will. Like, I don't have, I don't think we will ever really know what Kanye West is like. And I think, like, we're seeing, we're seeing a little bit of it, but I mean, like, I just, I also have trust issues when it comes to celebrities and, like, the faces right. they put on. Right. Like, I don't, as one should. I don't know what's real and what's not. Like, yeah. And I don't know what you're pushing for publicity and stuff like that, which I, I hate to question when it comes to, like, matters of mental health and stuff. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel really cynical and I don't like that. But, Sadly, that is worth questioning. Right. Well, it's not even... Uh, I, I would be more interested in what pushed Kanye to such like mental health extremes because clearly they're like... They're, like I don't think for a second he's lying about being bipolar or anything. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, but that's not where he started when he first started making music as far as it seemed. Like when he was first becoming a public persona. There was like something about having become Kanye West that like cause this man to like well that's the thing is that like it's fame is the worst drug like (laughs) it's and obviously i don't know shit about it i'm not famous thinks about when he was a when he did his uh like rally or whatever and he was like hey tumming him free to slaves and everybody's like ah like it was like it was like yeah kanye harriet tumming didn't free this oh (laughs) You're like people are like. All right, let's get the you, fuck out of here. Why are you making? Because the, the 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 ultimate point that he was making probably wasn't might have been slightly valid. See, that's the thing too is that Kanye has been always astonishingly bad at making his points. <laughs> yeah, like that's literally it. He will say things, and you're like, you're on a track here. Yeah, but you need to communicate this better. Yeah. Right, like there is no point in bringing Harriet Tubman into this. We know slavery didn't end. It's a very dominant part of academic research in terms of racial literature is the idea that slavery has not ended. You don't need to say Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. Like, that is that is not prove your point in the slightest. It's just Jesus, fuck, man. Yeah, I don't, it, it, it's it, a difficult it, case. It's a difficult case. Shall we move on? We shall. That was bound by uh, the Ponderosa Twins plus one. <laughs> We didn't talk about it much, but it is a good song. Uh, Next, we've got my song. I've got Landslide by Oh Wonder. And obviously, we've heard this sampled as well by Lil Uzi Vert on P2, right? Yep. Uh, Yeah. Was it P2? Or am I tripping? Yeah. Right? No, it's hard sometimes, but you'll get over it. I kind of had a suspicion that um, uh, Lil Uzi Vert didn't write these lines when I first heard it. Yeah. I was like, this is really, like, good. Like, and there's, oh, not, there's not often that I think that about songs, but, like, I was like, Lil Uzi Vert ain't write this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just not his... It's not his thing. Like yeah, that's not what but, he writes. But about. it is though. Like it, it. Like when he says it, it sounds great. Like it sounds I think perfect. It, it, it yeah, sounds it, perfect it sounds with natural. His style with the way that like times that he like, especially like in the context of um, what's that? What you know the song? Um, All my friends are dead. Yep. What's someone called? Was it had some weird name? Exo Tour Life. There Exo-tour you go. Life. I was yeah. like, it had some name that didn't apply at all to what the song yeah, was. Yeah, it didn't. I remember that confused me, and it took me a while to realize that, like, they're like, he, like, he released I, it while he was on tour, on tour with, with the weekend. weekend, and I was like, Exo Tour Life. That's kind of dope. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, and like when like you that. listen to it with that context, you're like, oh, yeah, right. I and can't... that song, and like you made that while you were on tour with the weekend. Like, bro, go on more tours with the weekend. Yeah, like, <laughs> like hell, that's go, one go of the on, best songs you've ever made. Straight, like, go on tour with like fucking like I don't know, like 
Daniel Caesar or some shit. Also, by the way, do we ever like whatever happened with Daniel Caesar? Like, I just know people like were like, he's like he got, not okay, and then people stop listening to him. Yeah, well, it's like I don't remember exactly. Oh, I think he said he liked white women. Yeah, I, he said something colorist. I remember that. I remember that much. He said something that was like, ah, man, like you got to be. Yeah, you got to be a little bit more sensitive to like yeah. the things you say, man. But also, he's not American, I guess. But he knows he has American fans. I don't know. That, obviously, it was stupid to say, but like, yeah, I don't know. I still, I still well, and that's the thing too is that like, I don't know if that's enough. I don't. Has he been putting out music? I don't think so, honestly. Not since uh, well, that that would have happened before his last album, Case Study, right? I. Yeah, I guess because I didn't know he dropped a fucking album. So well, that, that that goes to show. That was the one that I I played for you that time, and then you didn't know that song. You were yep. like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! This goes." But like, that album's good. I'm as good. See, like, and that's good. this opens up that conversation of the artist versus the art sort of thing. Right? And it's like, where do you draw the line in terms of the artist versus the art? Is yeah. someone saying that they're into white woman enough for white women enough for you to go? I'm completely abandoning your music. Yeah. I mean, for some people, maybe. I mean, I haven't listened to Daniel Caesar since, but and I, I don't know if think, it's subconscious. You, you gotta, just, I just haven't. Yeah, I'm willing to bet a big portion of his fan base is also made up of black women. So yeah, that's probably something to take into context. Yeah, I mean, but like you know, me black male matters a lot less. Wild that this got to Daniel Caesar. <laughs> yep. But. Yep. Landslide by Oh Wonder is oh Wonder. a wonderful song. Oh Wonder song. is a good. That's good that's song. the uh, it's the song that just yeah. played. I don't think I ever actually introduced it as a song. Uh, next one we've got Tavares's Always Forever by Colts. Yeah, this one reminds me a lot of. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of this puts into perspective. Like I don't know, just like a certain type of music that I like. This feels like one of those like um, formulaic sort of songs. This reminds me of a song that would have played in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. It's like, and I love songs, songs that would play in How I Met Your Mother. I, I remember Because they, they're similar to that song Coffee that I was talking yeah. about. They're the yeah. ones that make me feel a little romantic, you know? Yeah. Everything feels a little warmer. It, it causes the, the, the show to pick up pace like that. Like, you, mm-hmm. you're automatically like... There are stakes like this. Yo, is not and they just a sitcom. they were so good at yeah, picking music. Like so I can good. vividly remember scenes and the music behind them when I hear these songs now yeah. because the songs were that impactful. Yeah. Like uh, there's a song called "What Would I Do Without You" by okay. uh, uh, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, absolutely gorgeous song. And the context it was playing in was Marshall and Lily were giving Ted some advice on like. You'll know if you're in love. Yeah. Like, I look around this bar, and I see nothing but Lily. Yeah. You know, and then it shows an angle from his view, and, like, everything's blacked out except her face. Uh-huh. And, like, in the background is, what would I do without you? By, yeah. by Drew Holcomb in the neighborhood. And, uh-huh. like, and that just, it hit me. Yeah. Because yeah. that felt important, you uh-huh. know, because of the music choice. Yeah. And that's so valuable in a show. Yeah, no, it is. Like, it's that's, like, something that's not, not very often... Like that, it sticks with you like that, like that you remember exactly. Oh, and there are several instances. I just wanted to music. I just I could I could throw out more, but that I'll just do that one. Uh, (laughs) 
I do really like the song. I don't know that I've ever heard it. Yeah, I, I think I found it on TikTok. I'm pretty sure I found it on TikTok. TikTok is one of the few places where I'm starting to grow more and more comfortable taking songs from there. I am too. Like, I really am. And it's like, I was at, at first, I was one of those people who was like, why on earth would I listen to songs that have popped off on TikTok? I, I was, at first, I was like, why on earth would I ever get a TikTok? Same. Until, uh, but granted, that was at the time when mostly kids had TikTok, like little yeah, kids, like, like middle school age kids. Yeah, like all, all I knew of TikTok was what my ten year old brother was telling me about right. TikTok. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take any interest. Exactly. But then I got on it for myself, and I was like, oh shit! The this fact that all hilarious. of the shit is curated, especially for you, uh-huh. like it really is the for you page. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm scrolling through shit, and I'm like. There's so much stuff. Everything is making me laugh. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen when I'm on social media no, sites. Uh-uh. I'm like, this shit was curated for me. They figured out how to do it, and and I noticed that they'll like. I, I won't well, even. I mean, follow. data mining will do that, but yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. Data mining basically is like because I'll I'll look at pages and stuff, and then just start seeing their shit and won't even follow them. And I'm like, I kind of enjoy the fact that they keep showing me their shit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, I get like this, a combination of the same like 10 people on my TikTok. Yeah, right. And with other ones, obviously, but like I, these, there are, there is a core group of people that I'm like always on my yeah. for you page. But yeah, I do really like the song Always Forever by Colts. Yeah, it's got that, it's got that vibe that it would like play during a, I don't know, a montage in How I Met yeah. Your Mother of some sort. Yeah. I like that last note it's leaving on too, the, <laughs> I just like that a lot. And next, we've got a song by Ezra Furman called God Lifts Up the Lowly. This from the um, Sex Education album? It is not. Mm. It's from one of his other albums called uh, Transangelic Exodus. Jesus. Fucking pimp name, Damn. by the way. He's like, we're going for it all on this album. Yeah, it's... uh. He's just got this voice that I cannot get enough of. Oh, yeah. He's uh, very soulful. And because of the show Sex Education, mm-hmm. I always I, I love that show, too, by the way. So I always think of that whenever I hear his voice. And yeah. I remember when I was watching that show, there was a character in it named Maeve who is just phenomenal. One mm-hmm. of my favorite television characters in any show. And uh, they definitely established a theme for her in terms of like music when she showed up on the screen it was like we want you to know this is the person you are supposed to fall in love with (laughs) so like they played the the most pretty songs by Ezra Furman and like it's just like huh this makes me happy yeah this makes me happy you're like all of a sudden I'm okay yeah (laughs) and it's just it's a solid song it's just uh, I could have picked any song by Ezra Furman to be honest I like (laughs) I like all the shit but I just picked one that I've been listening to more and more lately called God Lifts Up the Lowly and And what's uh, weird is how little like rap we've come to listen to I used to listen to a lot of rap I used to listen to nothing but rap yeah Uh, but I don't know it's like you just gotta spice it up. You do, you do, and it's it's like obviously I fucking love rap. I'm not yeah, <laughs> obviously, obviously. It's just that like I'm in I'm at a point in my relationship with rap where I'm comfortable knowing I love rap and not listening. Yeah, to it. right. And I still have plenty of knowledge on it. You oh. turn on any like pretty much any like major song from the past ten years, and I will I will know it. Know it. Yeah. 
I mean, 20. 20. Yeah. <laughs> 25, 30. Yeah. Even. Like, it's like going back to 1990. I'm probably pretty like, solid on my yeah, music knowledge. literally. Like, I, I know. In terms of rap. But mm-hmm. before that, there wasn't much rap music. What either. I'm noticing is a, a lot of, uh, particularly, and this is just, you know, because we live where we live, but, like, you know, white people, like, very easily, like, consolidate their idea of liking rap, like, thinking that they like rap into like this one or like one or two albums that they like by Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole or Travis Scott, or Travis Scott, Travis Scott is the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. Tra- Travis Scott is huge. Um, Cause like, they'll be like, Oh, I love rap. And then they'll constantly ask me about the same one artist. And I'm just like, I, you like this artist. You don't like hip hop music. Like, yeah. I can tell you that right now because I'll, I'll, I'll get on the, I'll get on the ox and throw some. I will fucking, show you like, some Benny the Butcher, on. bro. Like, yeah, and you tell me how you feel about that. Yeah, I like how you said Benny the Butcher and I said Ice Cube, which are pretty much two of the same people from different generations. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they really are. Like uh, on Benny the Butcher's new album, he says like I'm one of the few rappers who would have made it in the days of Pac. Like, yo, yo, yo. He's crazy. Benny the Butcher is hard, and you should listen to his latest album, yeah. frankly. <laughs> but uh, that was God Lifts Up the Lonely, or Lowly, by Ezra Furman. Damn. Uh, your next song is Briefcase by Ooh. Currency. Yeah, I found this song. Oh, Currency. Currency. I haven't heard that name in a minute. I've been listening to a lot of Currency on it since summer, probably. Like, well, I remember when him and uh, Wiz dropped. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. What was that What was that album called? Do you remember? 2009 I, or something like that? He, he, Currency has like 13 albums. Yeah, like, he's got a lot out there. <laughs> no, but this movie, this song just feels like a fucking movie. Like, you just, the, the like, I don't know, the horns in the back, like, are just, like, fucking, like, I'm just cruising through the fucking city. Like, I just, there's, Love there's that. No other thing I'm doing listening to this song, like. I, I know I've brought, like, every single one of these back to a television show somehow, but that's just because, like, I, yeah, these things how, are reminding me of things, you know? Did you ever watch Insecure? On HBO? Oh. With Issa Rae? No. No, I never watched it. This is definitely a song that they would, that they, really? they might have put this in Insecure. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but, uh, it's just, it, it has that vibe about it. Like, I can, that, there's these transitions they do in that show, at least in season one when I watched, where they, like, they're giving you views of the city and they're uh-huh. giving you views of the streets, like cars driving by and shit. And I can totally imagine yeah. this playing in one of those transitions, yeah. you know? Or like, in Euphoria, you know how there was always like a random song that came on during the uh-huh. the title screen Euphoria. Yeah, I could see this coming on during oh, one yeah. of those. That yeah, I could definitely see this song coming on there. And like, Currency just has he's he's one of those people who knows exactly what the fuck his sound is, and he just goes like he just replicates it over and over and over and over, and you never get tired of it because like each like I don't know, especially with like soul music, like. Like, or not, I wouldn't even say soul. Like, I wouldn't consider, like, his instrumentals. They're soul influence, but not necessarily derived from soul music itself. But, mm-hmm. like, they're just very, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. Like, how would you explain a currency beat? Man, that's a good question. Because they are the same kind. They're, they're, there's they're a br- scenic. There's a brassy yeah. type of vibe, to, but it's not brass. It's, it's not, not It's brass. not brass. It's not horns or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, there's... Oh, there is horns, but I mean, like, it's not in like this song, but yeah. not, not in all of them. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Kind of, kind of brash a little bit. Like they're yeah. really in your fucking face. Well, that, but also really chill. 
Because, like, I, I, like, currency, you turn on currency, I turn on, like, I think to turn on currency when I'm driving, smoking, or just chilling. The thing for currency with me is that, like, his flow is what grounds it. Yeah, right. His beats are always what makes me go, like, oh, damn. You know? Like, like you said, he always sounds pretty similar. So he's always grounding this sort of vibey, calm sort Uh of feeling to it. And then the beat is always something that'll either get me like oh shit okay oh yeah yeah. or like uh, sometimes you do get the occasional just like pure vibe but Mm -hmm. like this i'd say this is more of the vibe than all up in your fucking face yeah i like it a lot though that's briefcase by currency my next one is from the hamilton musical okay it's called uh your obedient servant servant by leslie odom jr and lin manuel miranda Oh shit! And uh, this shit's—it's it, hard. <laughs> it's uh—it's catchy as fuck. Uh, the talent displayed in this musical is just unfucking believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely love it. And the historical uh, context of this song is also pretty interesting. Like the actual historical context, and that like this is Aaron Burr proposing the duel to Alexander Hamilton that would eventually kill him. Oh wow! <laughs> that would kill Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, I mean. yeah. So he's like, "Dear Alexander." I am slow to anger, but I toe the line. But I toe the line <laughs> as I reckon with the effects of your life on mine. I just, he's, he <laughs> looks back on where he's failed and every place he's checked, uh-huh. there's nothing but Alexander Hamilton's disrespect. <laughs> now, damn. Alexander calls him a moral, a dangerous disgrace. Mm-hmm. But if he had something to say, he'd need to name a time and a place face to face. <laughs> that is the most Lin Manuel Murata like rhyming. That oh, I've ever dude, heard. that that polysyllabus, 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 But like he does a lot of internal rhymes within the. Oh yeah. And, well, but his ra- his rhymes are always like pretty. List of Thirty years of disagreements. He, he like grounds like the progression of his flow in like this conversational tone. That like lets him, it's almost as if it's that conversational tone that lets him know it's flowing. Yes, I get that. And, uh, I just, I love all the, I like a lot of the verses in this, in this musical because of the way Lin Manuel Miranda writes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it is in the con, kind of, uh, context of a musical. Yeah. It makes it better. I, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Hamilton mixtape in general. Really? It's all right. But, uh, like, on Wrote My Way Out, uh-huh. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda absolutely fucking kills that. Oh, yeah, Where yeah, this Puerto Rican's brain's leaking through the speakers, and if he can... You know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's that's, uh-huh. that's Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. right there. And that's, like, a lot of the music in this. Yeah. In this, it's uh, like the, uh, the episode from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yes, exactly, where he's... <laughs> I love that. No, that's where I first saw Lin-Manuel Miranda. Really? Yeah. Wow. Was in How I Met Your Mother. I forgot about that. All right. On to the next song. We got I Own Rap Beef <laughs> by Drakeo the Ruler. I Own Rap Beef and Earl Sweatshirt. Earl Sweatshirt. I, I, I mean, yeah, like, it's Earl Sweatshirt, bro. I just love how raw and uncut it sounds. And it's, and it's bouncy as yeah. fuck. It's like, but he, he got 03 Greed on here, too, so you know it had to be bouncy. Hey, wait. Uh. 
Oh, that's just so, and this is so Earl sweatshirt, bro. I swear, right? Like he always does this thing with like how he flows that doesn't feel like completely normal, but makes total sense. He does this. uh, He does this thing right outside the beat. Yes, that's like, (laughs) yeah, he's right on the edge of it. He's like not quite Mm -hmm. rhythmic, Mm -hmm. but like he finds his own pocket. Rhythm there. He has his own pocket in Mm -hmm. the beat that he has found. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a kind of incredible thing. Like you got to be really damn good as an artist to be able to do that. And I'm going to tie this back to Hamilton for a second. It, <laughs> I get a lot of that in that musical too. Uh-huh. And like that, it reminds me of that sort of uh, writing. Obviously, yeah. Earl Sweatshirt is uh, a different type of rapper than anything <laughs> you'll find in Hamilton, but uh, <laughs> much more uh, complex. I'd, to I'd say, I'd least. say uh, uh, in yeah. terms of writing content, because, like honestly, I probably understand thirty to forty percent of Earl bars. Like, yeah. straight up. Like, and I know the other 60% means something. I don't know what it is, though. I It's just so, it's so encoded in his own language. And, like, I, I've watched interviews where, like, um, because his mom is, like, a UCLA professor and they didn't mm-hmm. talk. Um, and he was there and, like, someone asked, they, they asked, like, basically whether or not he intentionally encodes his language. Um, and he goes, like, that's kind of just, like, a natural result. Like, I just speak some shit. Like, I'm just out here trying to tell a story, but I'll tell it in my own language, right? And, like, my language is naturally encoded because black people's language is just naturally encoded. Yeah. And that's just, yeah, that's, like, I think that's honestly a, a big thing that turns white people off to hip-hop music is because they just don't understand it. And Earl Sweatshirt specifically. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I am hard-pressed to find anyone besides you who likes Earl Sweatshirt. Damn. And I hate it. Really? I hate it. I love Earl Sweatshirt, and I can't play Earl Sweatshirt around anybody else. Yeah, I without started, them fucking flaming. I me. started just doing it. I started just being like, oh, and I'll do it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> mind getting flamed. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's just like, you just damn, know, you know, it's coming. It's like, man, y'all can't appreciate this. Yeah, right. The like, fuck, bro? Like, do you hear what he's doing? Like, this is different. This is something that has not. This been is done. something you have not heard. Yes, right. Like, I you want to talk about you liking hip hop? You've seen those TikToks where that dude's like, I know you're talking about getting the bag. <laughs> but I look at you, you're clearly not getting the pack. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me you like hip hop. You like hip hop. You don't like Earl Sweatshirt. Okay. 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 Sure. Sure. But why do you not like Earl Sweatshirt? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. And they probably couldn't give you a reason. They couldn't. Like the fact they that couldn't. he can do the type of music he does and get on a song with Drakeo the Ruler and O3 Greedo on a beat like that and still hold his weight. And do his thing. And he didn't adjust thing. to that beat. Yeah, he didn't. He really didn't. He still did what he didn't, Earl He didn't do been. what O3 Greedo Mm-mm. would do on that beat. No, not at all. He did what he would do on that beat. Because fucking Earl Sweatshirt. Next up, we've got uh, my song, Welcome Home, Son, by Radical Face. And you have heard this song. Almost certainly at this point. Because that drop, I don't know, it feels like any time you've ever looked at a sunset. <laughs> mm, okay is this like from a movie or something i'm sure it's been in a movie i'm sure it's been in a show i'm sure it's been all over tiktok it's just like it's it's that song that uh builds up to that oh like you'll you'll hear in a second okay but uh it's just a beautiful vibe of a song uh-huh. uh i feel like i need to run through a meadow a meadow, <laughs> a peaceful meadow. I need to. Oh, I need to walk to the edge of a mountain and overlook the grasslands of Ireland. This sounds like the time that I slept in a meadow. In a meadow. That's what it like, and it's beautiful. It's just. It reminds me of when I, I went mountain climbing in Colorado. Really? Like when I got when when we got to the. 
You've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's just have a I, triumph. I, I, I don't, it feels like it feels like I've done something. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I get it. I, have I even told you about the when I slept in a meadow? Mm-mm. I was on a, uh, a a silence retreat with this Bible study group that I was in in high oh, school shit. flight training. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went out into the woods in Kansas basically, and we, for eight hours had to be silent and walk around the woods on our own. And so for a point portion of that, because we got there like hella late and we had to be up hella early, and I was like, I was just tired. And they're like, you can take a nap if you want to, and so. I lay down in the middle of us this meadow in the middle of the day it was really beautiful and just took a nap but Gorgeous. when i wake up like i'm just laying on my back i just like sit up god that would be the shit a, i can imagine it just a doe gallops gallops right across the meadow as soon as i sit up just galloping just god i can see going. it in my head i can i can see the movie scene in my head the the opening of the eyes into yeah. the sky you know the little yeah. bit of a blink and you sit up and you see just the grass you see the the little uh the white puffy things that if you blow on them it they just and, and, and float the, away the and then was, you see a doe, the doe running was close. Straight along. It was like five feet from me oh. because I hadn't been moving. Obviously, I've been sleeping. Yeah, so it, it just it probably was moving. And I, I'm assuming <laughs> what if like, that shit have just stomped on you? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Is it fucking human alive? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> Show you to hit us with your car again, and, and nobody would have heard me because I was way out in the middle. I didn't even know. Like it was still like you, you know, uh, you know, you knew Carlos uh, Velasquez. Oh yeah, he he was on that trip too, and um, he had a wild story about how he like ran and like found this house and got a ride back and was it was it was crazy some shit he was not supposed to have been doing because <laughs> <laughs> like he like interacted with people and he was like i got lost and i went to this community it was a, a whole bunch of shit and uh yeah it was like that that uh, i kind of forgot where i was going with that but like that trip and just like do doing that like this song just feels embodies like the, that the feeling new, like it sounds like the it background. feels like nature yeah it feels like i am Feeling the breeze on my skin yeah. as I read a nice book right. in the grass, you know? In the grass. Sitting down, crisscross applesauce, maybe laying down, I don't know. But generally, that's the vibe this song gives me. Yeah. Shall we go on to the next one? I believe. This is the last one. Ooh, this is a good last one. We've got Stalling by... Uh, Underscore by dot Alexander. Yeah, you can't read. Really, I don't know why. By by Alexander. Of, of course, and I can't even tell people about this dude because, like, by, uh, by Alex, by by Alexander, <laughs> dude. But I do like this album. Bye bye. Period. Whole. Alexander. All caps. <laughs> <laughs> And it, wait, is there a triple O before his name too? No, that's. Uh, I think you're thinking of. You're getting the. There's a whole bunch of weird shit on the song titles in this album. Oh yeah, under under underscore. Capital B Y dot. Alexander. Yeah, Alexander all caps. And the album name is uh, Seto Seto Seto, Channel Black. <laughs> I just, uh, I love it. Yeah, no, it's good. I love the he, album. He just, he, he like really like, I love, honestly, what, what I'm coming around to was a song that has very little music in it. The, uh, um, 
I think it's Bloom in Paris with Charles Bukowski. Yes. I looked up Charles Bukowski and everything, and I, I'm going to, like, like literally, like, I'm studying the exact type of shit that is relevant to studying Charles Bukowski, and, like, I'm going to, like, really get into him, because, like, just, like, hearing him talk there, I was, like, I'll like, have you listened to it? I'll have to revisit it. it, it it's dope, because he was, like, he was, like, a poet and a, um, a fiction writer and a, uh, like, philosopher almost mm. and like that's kind of what he was giving and that was like that vibes yeah but it was like philosophy of love which is a real thing by the way like a yeah. very real academic thing which i always thought would be kind of cool to get into but not until i'm like 40 or 50 and have nothing else to do in my life probably yeah that's because funny. for what other reason do i need to be reading the philosophy of love <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm just gonna be like, besides being that, bored all, all that's gonna lead to is me going on dates like well according to this <laughs> According to the philosophy of love. The way that we can capture love in this relationship is if uh, I uh, listen intently to what you say and uh, start to recognize your being as being that other than myself and only... (laughs) Believe it or not, I got all this from a book. (laughs) They're going to be like... I read things. (laughs) You into that? You into that sort of thing? Yeah. Everyone would hate me. (laughs) Everyone that... I would be interested in would hate me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this is a great album though, and it's just the jazz all over it, just beautiful. Yeah, my favorite song on it is still "Trumpets" featuring "Trumpets." Is that's it's oh seven still, zero it's still shake. My favorite song too, like that. It's definitely the best one on there. Like, oh, it's beautiful. And bro. the first song too, like there's a video for the very first song with a. Oh, I think I, I might have showed you part of it. Le merveilleux récemment. It has a Gary Busey like in it. Oh, in the video? Yeah. Have you not no seen, shit, have you've not, not sent you that to me. You've not sent. I was like, I was wondering why Busey is on the cover yeah. of this album. Yeah, and I think he only did this one music video for it. Um, and it's a. It's just interesting it's a that trip. Gary Busey got involved at all. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like Gary Busey. Busey, where the fuck did this guy come from in terms of jazz music? Jazz music. But like, the the music video. Kind of helped me put this album into a lot better perspective because it, it, it there's some symbols in it and there's not much but there are a few symbols um, that give you sort of insight into like this sort of aesthetic that he's offering with his music yeah. or trying to offer with his music because it's like very I, I don't know it's like neo jazz it's weird yeah it's not what you've heard no it's not. And it's super, like, because I always, I, my first listening to it, I think it stuck out to me because it sounded like a fusion of jazz and uh, neo-soul, like, R&B sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, stuff from, like, like in the, in the, in the vein of, like, Bryson Tiller, Black, all that. Yes, like, I, get, I get what and you're saying. And he took that and was like, let's throw some jazz with it. No, let's and, get like, some real, real-ass yeah, jazz. real-ass jazz. And, like, be very intentional about, like, mm-hmm. this is jazz music. But it has these pop elements sort god of. i've been listening to some i listened to leslie odom jr's album leslie odom jr mm-hmm. just fucking beautiful jazz all oh, over yeah. that and he's just got an angelic voice and like mm-hmm. i said he was also in hamilton man that was fun yeah that, that was, was a lot of that was a lot of good separate little conversations i yeah, liked that, that i liked was, that formatting i, that format I think too. we might actually have to do that more often yeah no that was, a, that was that was nice uh, I don't think we need to do another segment. No, this, definitely not. This is an hour and twenty six minutes 20, of an episode. An hour and twenty six. Oh, for the episode. This, yeah, for the whole segment's m- been like an hour. Though, right? I'd I'd guess somewhere on that. But uh, yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't, we strongly recommend you watch On the Rocks. Uh, check out all the songs we just recommended because they're all fucking awesome. And 
you know, I've been Colton Robertson. That's been Tavares Pennington. Yep. This has been the Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember, uh, peace, love, and bloom. Yeah. And always praise Keanu Reeves. Always.